All right. This is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. Ed Carbajal, as always, with Matthew Hawkins. We're brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Make sure you check out AllAccessMMA.com for your MMA news. This week we are joined by a, a funny coincidence. Somebody that I met covering MMA in New York City, and MMA is in New York City this week. So to help to help us uh, look at the UFC 268 card and talk about uh, some of the new work he's got going on, we have returning Hunch Homestick, Hunter Homestick. You always got the best pronunciation ever, dude. Like, <laughs> like if I ever was in a situation where I had to fight somebody and they were like, you can have Bruce Buffer or you can have Ed Carbajal introduce you, I'm like, I'm taking Ed. I'm taking Ed every time. <laughs> That's a big compliment. So, I mean, this was kind of out of the blue, but um, I'm just for for uh, just for folks that have been following the podcast, we all we actually got a double whammy for you since it's a double title fight week. We we also spoke with Sean Wheelock over the weekend, and we're going to have that up as well, uh, both on Spotify and the audio and the YouTube channel and everything. So, but um, yeah, man, I mean, uh, so can you just take us through what you're doing in Pittsburgh? I mean, you're uh, you're you you've always kind of been floating around the fight game you had the the podcast that you ca- talked about last time when you came on and now you have not only do you have a new podcast but you've got a new role in your neck of the w- w- woods uh with the uh, pittsburgh uh 247 fighting and the pittsburgh uh, combat sports podcast so uh, can you just uh update us on what what you've been up to for sure man i mean it's been freaking crazy and just like you guys like i don't want to not compliment you guys on what you've done here because it's like we were kind of talking about it off air but then i got to see the little intro clip like (laughs) the production value you guys have added to the show is awesome here man it's awesome to see you guys growing and climbing and you know achieving better things as well so i think along the same lines like you said last time i was here i had that podcast with Dwayne and everything and then that company quite literally dissolved like a week after that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was a that's a crazy story that I don't I don't know that anybody's really talked about yet or cares about. So we'll just move on from that. And uh, like you said, two, four, seven fighting championships, man, they're a local at local MMA promotion, pro and amateur MMA in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we're venturing into pro boxing as well for the first time this next card on December 4th with Brawl in the Berg 10. So we're just a combat sports promotion, local fights, which, as you know, with my history with flow combat and everything, I'm well versed in in local MMA. I love that. I've always loved regional prospects and these high level regional fights, seeing guys before they get to the UFC. Like if you've never followed MMA on that level, like if you only tune in for UFC pay-per-views and things like that, like I'm not shaming you at all. Like that's cool. That was me for a very long time too. And I'll just say that there's something very special about watching people make it from amateur, become an amateur champion, become a pro string together. Some wins as a pro become a pro champion for somebody like two, four, seven fighting, and then make it to the UFC or Bellator. It's a really special journey. And you can like literally track these guys from the ground up. So when 247 reached out, they initially wanted me for digital marketing services, kind of help with their social media presence, their brand, make some connections with media to help spread the word a little bit. And I did that for a month or two. And then the owner, Ryan Middleton, just basically asked me, he's like, hey, man, look, we love what you do. We want you to be more involved with the promotion. How does it feel to be, you know, like president or general manager or something like that? And I'm like, well, sounds awesome. But like, I also have to make money and this sounds like a lot of effort <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what i mean like that kind of thing so we we just talked for a while man it was a super open and 
awesome conversation. The co- the conversation basically came down to, you know, what would it take to get more of your time? So we just sat down and figured out a number that made sense. And now I'm serving as the general manager for those guys. And I can't thank Ryan and the whole crew there enough for the opportunity, man, because as you can imagine, dude, it's super cool. Like it's, it's clearly, you know, not UFC. And I'm, I'm glad for that. Like I'm glad to be involved with something regional and local, something that I genuinely have a passion about, you know, it feels really good. I I still have a few local clients as well that I'm still doing the digital marketing services for and whatnot. And it's, it's like everything is falling into place. Like I have a beer superstore as a client. I have a golf course as a client and I have a local MMA promotion. I'm like, we're living, we're living here, Ed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, that's, it's great. First off, thank you for the kind words about the show. Uh, you know, I can thank Ed for the, the technical side of everything that's been done here. He's, he's putting a lot of time and effort and, uh, and obviously it has guests like you to come on and give us some of your time to, uh, to help add to it. Um, I, I, no, it's, it's cool to hear you say that about watching fighters come up as somebody who, you know, in the early days, that was how you got to know fighters. Uh, through it was, it was early King of the Cage. It was all the local regional shows out here in Southern California that really created the uh, the love for the sport because you got to see guys start from the bottom and work their way up and see the appreciation. And it wasn't like the you know the Olympic guys who just got the the free ticket you know to the big show. They they worked their way up. Um, maybe I'm late to the show here. Just just to be clear though, is two four seven the area code? Is that it like is- the area? No, it isn't. So funny story about 247. And actually, I wish Ryan or our matchmaker, Jim, were here who came up with the name because they would know it exactly. I'm going to sound like a heathen right now and a horrible person, but it's actually it's biblical in reference. It's like two Timothy four verse seven, like whatever. Uh-huh. Two, oh, wow. two, four, seven. And it, it's a quote about fighting the good fight. Like, I, I, I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm sure they do. And I'm a horrible representative of the company <laughs> right now. But it is along those lines. Like most people see it and think it's 24 seven, you know, like we're all fights all the time. But it's really it's not 24 seven it's two four seven and that and that's why so yeah our area code is four one two but there is a seven two four area code oddly enough which is just two four seven rearranged obviously so no i kind of like i kind of actually like the real story the fact that it is a bible verse with a meaning behind it is kind of a it's different you know because i was assuming it was the area code or like you said 24 7 initially when i saw you on twitter yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I was a twenty four seven guy too. I, that's why I didn't even think to ask about that. I pretty much was just like, yeah, that's what it is, and I'm not going to ask about it like an idiot. I'll tell <laughs> you what. I'll tell you what, dude. It was funny because I was working with Ryan, like I said, for probably a month and a half, two months before I even asked him. Like it was, it was when he he appointed me GM. I was like, hey, so something I've been wondering actually. <laughs> like, that's what funny. Is, what is our name? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's something you might want to know as a gm <laughs> but um so well you know uh i i listened to like i guess at the beginning the thing that wanted me to have you come back on was listening to the the most recent episode of the pittsburgh uh combat sports podcast that, that you're doing with them and the story i mean well we can get into the story of, of the no-show fighter and stuff like that in a minute but the thing that i that made me i was like i gotta have hunter back on was like you're in a role now first of all you covered your media guy, you know, float like you said, flow combat, all the, the stuff that you've done before. So when you were telling that story, I actually heard the, the 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 storyteller in you come out of looking into like not only you weren't just talking about what happened, but you actually said, I've been reaching out to the guy because I want to know what happened to him. Like I'm actually concerned. I want to hear his side of the story. And 
coming from that original crew over at Flow, you know, which is like the Beatles of MMA media, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, like you, James Lynch, Dwayne, and all those guys, Nolan King, all those guys. You know, it's like, yeah, it's it's like uh, it's like you're you're in a role, like you're on the other side of the fence, but you're still the storyteller in you doesn't want to shut up. And it's I just thought that was so cool, and I was like, we got to have Hunter back on, man. Yeah. So, so I mean, I just thought that was really cool. I don't know if you want to get into. Did you ever get an update from that guy? No, dude, for sure. I'll talk about it. And I appreciate you saying that because it's funny that it took you saying that to me for me to even realize that I did that. Like it, it was so instinctual for me to be like, I like, we can't just let this go. We need to figure out what happened here and tell this story because this is craziness. Like, so for obviously I don't expect most of your listeners to have listened to that podcast. So what happened was uh, at our last event on October 23rd, we had a fighter, who a 1-0 amateur versus a debuting 0-0 amateur who was a state champion wrestler in Pennsylvania. And just for further context, like state champion wrestler in PA means that you're definitely one of the best in the nation. Like PA is a super strong wrestling school or state school. Jeez. But uh, so this guy was debuting facing a 1-0 guy who won by submission, I believe. So he was, you know, pretty highly touted as well. Also had some boxing experience. It was a really good fight. So the one and O guy does all his paperwork, gets everything done ahead of time. There's physicals. There's all this stuff that fighters need to fill out, even amateurs. He gets done, makes weight on Friday. The show's on Saturday. He makes weight on Friday, shows up Saturday. You have to get COVID tested before the event. So he shows up, gets COVID tested. His corner man gets COVID tested. The show's starting at seven. There's a rules meeting with the state commission and the referee about an hour before. So around 6 p.m., Around 5, 5.15 p.m., this fighter just straight up ghosts, just disappears. He's not in his cubicle anymore. Nobody knows where he got <laughs> to. He's just gone. He's done everything. That that was the super bizarre part to me is, like, if you're going to ghost a fight, we've heard, like, 247 has had it happen before where guys don't show up to weigh-ins. They just flat out don't show up. But this guy did everything. He filled out all of his paperwork, weighed in, got his COVID test. He was 100% good to go. Yeah, and then that's the hardest part. Yeah. yeah right. Right. <laughs> and then, and then just ghosted. So like, you know, our owner and everything, we've got an event going on in an hour. It doesn't, the show must go on. You know, we told the other fighter, the state champ, like, Hey man, your, your opponent left. We're crazy. Sorry. He handled it like a champ, you know, all kudos to him. That's Dalton Macri. And he's actually fighting on our next card now, December 4th. So he didn't hold any grudges and we appreciate that and everything. But this fighter just disappeared and I tried calling him the first time I called him, you know, it rang a normal amount of times, like five times and then went to voicemail, tried calling him right back and it rang once and went to voicemail. So I was like, ah, okay. He's, he's throwing me to voicemail now. He's, he's avoiding the call. So I texted him. No response dude to this day, a couple weeks later, we have not heard back from this guy. So like, Mm -hmm. that was, that was my concern was that you know when i told this story to my my family and just some friends they were like well is everything okay and i'm like dude i don't know like i want (laughs) to know like what like we're not going to sue you or anything like there's nothing we can do i just want to know that you're okay because that's bizarre like i've heard about things happening with guys ghosting before shows and everything but never like that like he went to great lengths to ghost which, uh, you know, if that, was, <laughs> if that was his intention, then, you know, it's pretty impressive, actually. But I don't, I don't know, man. It was just bizarre. So, like, there was, like you said, there was that part of me that was like, I need to get to the bottom of this because, mm-hmm. like, there's a story. Like, something happened. Something yeah. had to have happened. 
See, in the early days when I was going to events, they would have just found somebody in the crowd to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the good old days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was unfortunately it was a it was a 125 fight. So I, you know, I'm a long ways away from 125. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be a harder one to come up with on uh, literally like literally half my weight. <laughs> yeah. So the first event, your main event, was that your main event scheduled main event or no? You... No, no. It, it was like the second or third fight of the night. So it was early on on the card, but. Dalton Macri, the state champ wrestler, obviously, you know, being based in PA and he wrestled near Pittsburgh as well. So he was a super local Mm. kid that, you know, he sold a ton of tickets, had a ton of support. It was very, very disappointing that he couldn't get a fight because by all accounts, you know, he trains. So here's a connection for you guys. He trains at Kama Worthy's gym in Pittsburgh. Mm at uh pittsburgh academies at the academy so mm. he he's you know a really touted prospect he's O and O. so as you guys know you can have all the wrestling experience in the world sometimes it doesn't translate sometimes it translates extremely well so yeah. needless to say everybody's super excited to see dalton make his debut and it's supposed to happen then but now it's going to happen december 4th instead yeah well you know the thing about i mean the whole thing that i thought was cool from your end well like i said just just being concerned about what happened you know most like when you hear the story of the side of the of the fight business that you're on now as the as on the promote on the promotion side something like that happened usually says well you know i'll never walk in this town again and type of thing but you were just like i just want to make sure the guy's okay and like hear his side of things so that his because now he's got this reputation where you know it's like uh like he's a no-show fighter unless he clears his name, like, and you're giving him the, you've given him every opportunity to do that. So it's just kind of like one of those things that I'm like, you know, that that's probably what makes uh, the promotion you're the GM for now. Um, You know, that's something that's going to make you guys different. And I know you guys talked about it on the most, that last podcast that I listened to how you're, you're, you know, you, you want to help the fighters, you know, pursue these passions that they're chasing in this business. And um, even for something like that, like that guy did, you're still trying to give him a, a chance or you were still trying to give him a chance. I'm sure you got to move past that at some point, but yeah. uh, I just think that's a, uh, that's just something unique too, that needs to be put out there. Yeah. Thanks, man. That's definitely what we're trying to do. I mean, you nailed it. We, we really want to be, you know, everybody says fighter friendly and things like that. Like it's a put down when you're a journalist, right? Like from my old from my olden days in my old (laughs) like before if somebody said you're too fighter friendly it meant you weren't asking hard questions and you were just kind of a mouthpiece for the fighters and Mm -hmm. the managers but now like that's literally what i think i bring to the table for 247 and what we do for the fighters is we can be this fighter friendly promotion which how good does that sound for the fighters you know Mm -hmm. we want to take care of you guys and do it right make sure you're ready every step of the way like there's guys who want title fights and we kind of say we know like you're very good. You're on the path to Bellator, the UFC, like we can identify these prospects for sure, but we don't ever want to give out a title fight until we truly feel that you're there because it does your whole career a disservice. If we crown a guy champion, the UFC sees that and takes him and then he gets smashed three times in a row. That does his career. Absolutely. No good. Like, Mm. like two perfect examples. Kama worthy was our, champion he we've only crowned two pro champions in 247's existence and Kama worthy was one of them he won and defended the belt and then the ufc signed him and he won his first two fights in dramatic awesome fashion so that was a perfect example of hey we had our guy he was ready he did well at the big show and then the other guy john de jesus who's now with bellator and doing extremely well with bellator so he was our second champion so those are the caliber of guys that we want 
to be our champions and to represent 247 and our brand and everything. We want to, you know, cultivate good lasting careers that are in the fighter's interest. You know, everybody thinks promoters are so slimy and they're only in it to make money and things like that. Like, dude, local MMA doesn't make a ton of money. Like, I, I don't mean to pull the pull the curtain you know go behind <laughs> the wizard of oz you know yeah. on you guys but we're not in this to get rich we're in this because we have a genuine passion about the sport and it's it, i mean dude it's straight up fun to be involved mm -hmm. with like like on that whole the whole week fight week was so crazy but still so rewarding it was like the ultimate from coming from a journalism background it was the ultimate backstage pass you know what i mean like i saw everything i saw all the books i saw all the paperwork i got to see everything so it was just awesome on that level. That's why we're doing it. And Ryan's the same way. Like he started just as a fan that had a podcast. Our matchmaker was on the podcast with him and they were like, I think we could do this. And man, mm -hmm. like they obviously it's not just that they have strong business backgrounds as well, which has really, really helped them and is helping me. That's the huge thing that I had to learn too, was the business side of everything. So they're crushing it, man. It's been, it's been crazy to be a part of, and I'm just super excited to see where we can take it from here. No, it's good to hear you say everything you just said right there, because a lot of younger fighters, they get thrown to the wolves. And while regional shows don't get make money, you have a lot of promoters out there who are thinking that they can make a lot of money and they, they abuse the fighters for, for a young fighter making his debut. Somebody who's looking for something to build off of uh, having having a stable cool-headed dude like you helping run that show is, is going to be a positive. You do list the events. Uh, I see it listed as amateur, just to clear that up um, because that, depending on kind of where you're at or what rule set that is, is are, are, are do all your fights have shin guards and, and stuff like that, or is it just mean that they don't get a, a set pay or however the heck that works? Yeah, sure. So in Pennsylvania, the breakdown, so we do have professional fights, which are normal five-minute rounds, basically everything. It looks like a UFC fight that you're familiar with. Like those are our, our pro fights are totally normal. In Pennsylvania, amateur rule sets are very strange where there's novice amateur and then there's advanced amateur. So you become advanced amateur after three fights if the commissioner deems that you're ready. Like if you go 0-3 and, and get knocked out three times, they probably still won't approve you for advanced amateur. Novice amateur, you wear shin guards. When you go to the ground, you can't strike to the head. It's mm -hmm. only ground strikes to the body. Anything below the collarbone's good. And you can't knee or kick to the head standing. No knees, kicks to the head. The no knees and kicks to the head applies to advanced amateurs as well. But the big difference is they don't wear shin guards and they can strike the head on the ground. So that's basically how it breaks down. Um, and like you said, yeah, obviously you can't pay amateur fighters. They can still make money on ticket sales, which is what's appealing to them. Because I, it's funny to me, like being on this side, like you said, I always assumed, you know, pro fighters make all the money. And obviously they do get paid to fight. But I see some amateur fighters that sell so many tickets that they're <laughs> out earning the pros. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. So there's that component of it, too. That's pretty cool. It's 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 similar in New Jersey with the uh, the amateur title and and you know the rule set that you just mentioned too. Um, with uh, I'm trying to think, I mean the Dead Serious and uh, and a couple of uh, other promotions that I can't think of right now. But um, yeah, man. I mean, I just think it's crazy that you went from from talking about chicken tenders on Tuesdays. I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's never going away, bro. And and then the next thing you know, you're you're holding a belt up and taking photos with fighters, and this is our new GM. I'm just like, holy! I was like, what's Hunter doing over there? I thought he was just slinging slinging tendies and beer. <laughs> I mean, listen, man. I still I still sling like I just I just had to. I brought you know an extra beer for you. I knew I knew you would appreciate the beer game, so I brought extra. But I'm still slinging tendies and beer, man. It was just. <laughs> The the opportunity presented itself, and I felt like it was a really, really good culmination of yeah. not just my skills, my experiences, and also where I want to go. You know, that's a huge thing. With my entire career, I've always looked at where I am currently and where I want to be, and I've always been trying to look for the bridges that take me between those two places. So I feel like this is a huge one. And, man, this this I like I don't know where it's going to lead. It could be yeah. what I do forever. I don't know, but <laughs> right now it feels great. Yeah, well, one of the things, I mean, real, real quick before Matt jumps in, I just want to say because it's always you, 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 I don't know if you've got like a four leaf clover or a rabbit's foot in your pocket, but like your passion for the sports culture in your area, you know, brought you to what you, what you do, what you were doing after flow and all that stuff. And now you, you found yourself in MMA in your area. So it's just like, you know, I mean, man, you got to bring some of that luck out here to to Jersey and New York so, so I, so I can just rub, rub your shoulder and get some from you. Hey, well, well let's do it, man. Let's get some nachos and I'll, I'll share some luck. Dude. But, <laughs> but ser- seriously, man, that means so much to me to hear you say that because I felt the same way. I get I hear people talk about it all the time, and this is probably going to sound weird to anybody listening that's followed me and whatnot. But I get that imposter syndrome all the time where I'm like, I don't deserve this like I, I you shouldn't be able to just transition and quit one thing move right in like I've never I've never had days off like I've always quit a project with something else right there waiting for me that like something better like it's been mm. noticeable like going I'm climbing the ladder every time and it seems like eventually that's gonna run out but right now man I'm just I'm driving the car as fast as I can and hoping that I can keep it on the road so, so that's the plan <laughs> No, I mean, it sounds like you're doing something right because, I mean, that's mm-hmm. when I – if I think about, like, all the famous DJs and stuff in this world, they all have stories about moving from city to city and station to station and, and every – you know, it's just everything changing and you wonder, you know, the guys have been fired seven, eight times are the guys that end up – and not that you've been fired, but just people that have stuff fall apart and then all of a sudden they jump to the next thing and it keeps working. So, obviously, that says something for your, your work ethic and, and your love and passion, obviously, for the city – you know, if, if Ed was more of a football fan, he might be saying you got some extra time because you don't have a quarterback who can hit uh, any of the wide receivers in town. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but can I exit? Can you guys, can you guys boot me? Hey, hey, boot me. It's, it's okay. My team, my team left town altogether. So uh, are you a Chargers guy? I was a Chargers oh, guy. Oh man, I was a yeah. diehard Charger guy. And now oh, that hurts no longer. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta get gotta get that little jab in there when uh that's when fair I get a that's that's totally fair i I accept this he is like <laughs> i get it <laughs> yeah. not, not, every, not everybody can be fedor and be knocking people out in their mm, 40s. Mm. <laughs> or or glover tech share over that's what i was gonna about say. The show, yeah. but holy crap what a uh what a performance there for for us older guys unreal yeah i mean t- that's something that that, that had to I mean, resonate with. It's funny when I, I I got to sneak in a training session that day. I, I mean, though I was working all day, I had to do the editorial for MMA News for that event. And then uh, talking about the Chargers, I had to do live results for Merriman's thing in Cali that same and in the, the nighttime. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but um, uh, I mean, just I mean, that's that's 
coming from flow and stuff to see Glover get there. I mean, you had to kind of like be like, like have a, uh, like a sentimental. Oh dude. Moment so, <laughs> yeah. so much. Like one of the, one of the very first events I ever covered in person when I was still working for Bleacher Report. And to this day, wrote one of my favorite pieces. Like every time I apply for jobs, I include a link to this story that I wrote from UFC 172. And it was John Jones versus Glover Teixeira as the main event. And man, like I almost like, I wish that I had done it because right now it sounds like I'm full of crap and I'm just making this up. I almost wrote a blog post on my personal site. Now homestack.com. I almost wrote it just to write it for nobody for no pay, just because I felt like I had to write it like a dear Jan, where I was going to write to Jan Blahovitz and like say, dude, you have to lose this fight. Like this is Glover's <laughs> moment. Like, I'm sorry. Like you're cool. I have no problems with you, but you have to let Glover Teixeira be a champ because this is like the most unlikely story, the mm-hmm. coolest narrative that, you, and I knew it was one of those narratives that people would be like, Oh, it's cool. And yay, old guy won, but like not truly dig into it. Like, what Glover did does does not happen. It just yeah. doesn't happen. And the fact that he was even in that situation was unlikely. To then win and win the way he did was just amazing, man. Like, I genuinely wish, like I said, I wish I had wrote it because now it sounds like I'm just saying it in retrospect and everything. But, man, Glover Teixeira being a UFC champion in the year 2021 is just so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's something that now I'm just like I, I I wrote something about it too. I mean, I do a lot of writing for like you talk about just writing for the sake of writing, and I've been doing that a lot lately these days because it just the the combat sports thing is a little oversaturated and you know. Over, but um, I mean that's you actually wrote something about that that you have pinned to your Twitter. I think still that folks need to read. Uh, by the way, I'm dropping your link tree thing in the description to this in the podcast. Nice. So, so folks can check out everything we've talked about with, with 247 and Thanks, all the man. stuff you're doing. But um, um, it's just one of those things that uh, I was just I, – I hope I, – I'm fine if Glover decides not – it's one of those things where, like, when someone wins a title, you want them to defend. But if Glover like, wants to just walk away I mean, 42 years old, that's old for, for fighting. You know, as an old man, I can say that, <laughs> but, but uh, I'm just like, man, you know, like, like I'd be fine if he, if I'm, but it looks like he wants to defend. I heard he was teaching class again today. And yeah. He's just, amazing, man. Yeah. He, he's just amazing. And like I said, like if you were there at UFC 172 or even just invested in the sport at that time and you watch what John Jones did to him mm-hmm. and then you watch what Rumble did to him and Gus did to him, you know, kind of shortly after you had a very clear notion that Glover was going to be a top 10 guy, but never a champion. Like one of those guys, it's always there and very good, but not the best. So to see him finally string it together. And I don't think he got enough credit for the run up to the title either. Mm. You know, he had to string together way more fights than most guys because you knew the UFC just didn't want to give him that. Like, nah, not, not Glover. Like he's way (laughs) too nice. He's not the marketable guy that we want. So there's just so much about it that that's amazing, man. I, I just, I'm glad it happened. Like I said, nothing against Jan or anything. He was great, great champion too. And his own career resurrection is incredible, but it's nothing like Glover's. Yeah. No, I, I have a, uh, I've, I've a friend, a mutual friend with Glover. So I texted him immediately after it happened just to kind of celebrate with him. And uh, you know, I, I mentioned that, you know, hopefully that he's able to parlay this into a, you know, a championship paycheck and a, a big, you know, if he, cause Yuri, Yuri Prokoska is going to be a hell of a, a matchup mm. for him or anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, his, and his response was, I hope he retires, you know, and it was just kind of like, you know, and, and he has every right to do that. 
But I, you got to feel like somebody who's been at the battle as long as he has, it's got to be fun to do that championship walk at least one time, be the headliner on the poster. You know, that's to me, that's that's got to be worth, you know, a lot of money for a guy. And like you said, you know, I, when, when John Jones left the division, we talked a lot on this show about how this was going to open the door. And Glover was one of the guys I predicted. I, in fact, I predicted him to win this last weekend by submission. So mm. I will give myself wow. a pat on the back for that. But um, don't dislocate your elbow. No, I, I, I don't do it enough to, to do that. Um, but it reminds me, you talk about, he seems like he's just loved, uh, you know, kind of universally. You don't really hear anybody say anything bad about him. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of when Misha Tate won the title, when she choked out uh, Holly Holm. You kind of had that same kind of immediate, like, okay, this person's put in so much damn work. And mm-hmm. maybe they're not the best in the world. We, You know, that's neither here nor there, but they got their championship. They're going to be etched in history. They're, you know, they, he basically typed himself a hall of fame ticket with that win. I mean, when you look at his resume now, it'll be hard to deny him. You can, he always has the story of being the mysterious Chuck Liddell trainer. That's how I got to know him or rec or see him. I'd see his record from Brazil and you, you know, and you always wondered. And then I, I, I think it was Nolan King who pointed out maybe that he actually, or he pointed out to Dana White that he was supposed to be on one of the original Ultimate Fighters in, I think, mm. 2004, and then his visa didn't come through. I had kind of forgot that story, but just a guy who's put in so much work. Like you said, nobody says anything bad. Apparently today he was already at the gym teaching the kids, you know, in his classes. Just an all-out class guy, and, you know, not to knock John Jones too much, but it it does <laughs> – I love the sport when you got the champions that are guys that you can look up to and – you know, if you ran into at the grocery store would be the first guys to stop and say, you oh, know, sure. shake your hand and say what's yeah. up. And I feel like that's what's Glover, but uh, yeah, huge week. And I mean, like yeah. I said, him and Fedor just made the old men, uh, us 40 yeah. year old. I, I turn yeah. 43 tomorrow. So it's another, uh, nice. Yeah. So not a bad yeah. week. Oh, the old, the old men, uh, showing what, showing what's for, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're talking about uh, new champions, and there's a couple of champions defending this weekend. This weekend at UFC 268. I mean, it's a crazy coincidence that that uh, I mean, we're going to look at this card together with uh, with uh, Hunter on the podcast because again, I mean, the our, our, our me and Hunter's history of roaming the streets of uh, New York City, uh, half in the bag. Our our, uh, our uh, half. You yeah. only half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, big card coming up. I'll bring it up on the screen here so we can all. Take a look at it. Uh, UFC 268, uh, two title fights. Um, local local Shane Burgos is on the card against former podcast guest Billy Quarantillo and another Jersey legend Frankie Edgar and Mar- Marlon Vera. I mean, this card is that's just the main card. I mean, this card is stacked. Um, I guess we should start from the from with the first fight. Uh, Hunter, since you're the guest, if you want to go first, uh, we'll take a look at uh, Frankie Edgar. I'm pretty sure you've had some. <laughs> Some time with with uh, with Edgar and in your days with with Flo and stuff. So, uh, you know, try not to be too. Uh, Homer, I mean, you can. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm gonna be. See, I'm I'm a GM now. I can be as biased as I want. That's the best part. <laughs> That's the best part, dude. Frank. I mean, first off, let's admire Frankie's hair in this picture because I like <laughs> <laughs> I like hair Frankie better than any other version of Frankie, man. And it's it's just crazy. It's almost you know. Not quite like Glover, obviously the narrative's not the same, but it's still it's crazy to me that Frankie Edgar is still you know on UFC pay per view main cards in 2021. This dude just doesn't stop. He it's exactly yeah. like a 
a perfect representation of who he is as a fighter is what his entire career has become. This just unstoppable, doesn't give up force. You know, he's taken some obviously very rough losses recently. And this is very clearly to me, just looking at it on paper, a matchup where the UFC hopes Cheeto Vera smashes Frankie Edgar. And now he has that signature win on his resume to say, oh, I beat a former champion emphatically. Mm. I'm ready for something. So that's what this matchup says to me, just looking at it. Now that I can look at things from a promoter's standpoint, mm. I think I, I think I see what they're doing. So <laughs> <laughs> not, not that it's a huge mystery, but man, yeah. like, <laughs> like if you think Frankie Edgar is just going to get smashed, like no, like he's the ultimate gamer. He's going to, he's going to come like for sure, you know, Cheeto might just demolish him. There's always that chance for sure. And he's very dangerous and been on a run himself. So it's just it's an awesome matchup, man. I hope Frankie can pull it out, like you said, like a big win in Madison Square Garden at this stage in his career. Yeah, it would just be an awesome moment for him. But no doubt, he's—I I don't know if he is actually the betting underdog, but I would assume he is and should be in this one. But it's a tough battle. But dude, I'm taking Frankie. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's a slight underdog. I'm gonna go with Frankie Edgar too. Um, I, oh, I think. Oh. Vera, uh, you know, very beat Davy Grant in his last outing, lost Jose Aldo the fight before that, uh, beat Sean O'Malley the fight before that. I think it was a loss maybe even before that fight. So he's kind of been rotating wins and losses a little bit. He does have a 19 and seven record, which obviously doesn't tell the story completely. But when you're fairly early in your kind of run here, um, it, it's not the greatest record. So it does kind of show that he can be beat, obviously. Um, I just think there's levels. And until he beats a guy like Frankie Edgar, which is like you said, what the UFC is obviously wants to do because it's a it's a resume builder. Mm-hmm. Um, but until he steps up in the Sean O'Malley fight, I, I don't I, – I, O'Malley's not the uh, – I, I don't put him on that level yet. He's still got to work his way up the ladder. Until he beats a guy like Aldo or, or, or Frankie Edgar here, I'm going to go with Frankie Edgar to win by decision. I don't see how he's going to really finish this fight. Um, but I, I think he can outwork him and just use his veteran, uh, uh, your, what's your ring general, your ring general, to, uh, to, to pick his way, maybe not the most exciting fight, but I, I could see him, uh, working away to a, a, a decision here in this fight for a while. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually, this is probably going to shock the both of you, but, uh, and, and I'll probably get some hate. Uh, I'm probably going to get my my picture on the wall up at Pino's, which is the pizzeria that Mark Henry owns out uh-huh. here in Jersey. Don't uh, do it. Do not serve this man. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I actually, I, I think Chito uh, Marlon Vera might, might take this. Um, I don't want to pick against Frankie, obviously being a Jersey guy and all that stuff, but uh, th- I highlighted it. The 135 bothers me. I don't think that's a weight class for him. You know, he made his career at 155. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if he's just trying to, you know, use his older man strength and a lighter <laughs> weight. You know what I mean? Like, like, because it didn't really work. He got, he did, he did get knocked out once at that weight class. So, um, I mean, it's hard. And he's 40 now. So I, I just feel like, uh, I, I hate to say it, but uh, it, it might be, uh, you know, I don't know. We just talked about the old guys winning, though. So, yeah, it's true. Yeah. One so, thing. But, one thing I definitely want to circle back to, which Matt said a few times, was was uh, Vera's win over Sean O'Malley. Mm. Dude, did he really beat Sean O'Malley? I'm going to be that guy. Like, <laughs> nobody who watches that fight comes away thinking he's a better fighter. In my opinion, like, you can't watch that fight and say he's the better fighter than Sean O'Malley. That's, mm. That Maybe one of you guys can make that argument, but 
man, there's no doubt in my mind. Like O'Malley wins that fight running away if he doesn't blow out his leg. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean that'd be an argument you'd have to have. I'd have to see him. They'd have to fight again to really be injury free. But I, I think Marlon Vera is a capable i don't think he if you know if he fights sean o'malley 10 times i don't think he loses all 10 i think it might be like eight two or something like that and one of them might be like the situation we saw so i you know i and o'malley just seems to be more on the the rise he's got all the toolkit you know everything in his toolkit to be able to be a world champion he's just mm. he fell into that role of that i'm not a big fan of of just a lot of talk but uh let's move on to shane burgos uh so so ed didn't ed didn't really pick marlon vera in the last fight just for uh record with pinos is that what the name of the place was he uh, yeah he, he nice. just he just mentioned how edgar was but old. i do have to watch my cholesterol so if he bans me that's that's fine too that's probably a good uh, thing yeah. shane burgos versus billy q billy quarantillo um Another fun fight. Burgos is coming off two losses in a row. His last loss was kind of a weird delayed mm-hmm. knockout uh, to uh, to Edson Barboza. Uh, Quarantillo uh, on a win, little win streak here of his own. Mm-hmm. I, I think Quarantillo wins this fight. Um, his only loss was a decision. Uh, and I, I think that he's able – I think he'll be able to win this. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins by late TKO. We'll find out what, what that knockout did to Burgos. Uh, we talk about it all the time, how – weird knockouts devastating knockouts you might not bounce back and be the exact same person you were mm-hmm. at least on it from a fighting standard uh you're in your next fight so i'm gonna go with quarantillo by uh you know i won't go another decision here i'll go i'll go late uh late second round finish maybe tko uh some kind of crucifix position or just something where he gets really good position and is able to, to finish him on the ground nice you're getting really specific with that finish i like it nice that's, that's good. <laughs> this is this is to me you know once again just looking at the card i feel like everybody's going to gravitate towards gaichi chandler for fight of the night but this is the fight of the night to me burgos mm-hmm. and quarantilla like is it carvajal like is it quarantillo or quarantillo do i pronounce the l's or no i've heard it quarantine I've, I've heard quarantillo more than quarantillo okay so. How, but which one do you think is correct i mean I How did know. he say I, it when he was on the show? <laughs> I'd, I'd have to listen to it. Dang. I have to listen. Dang. It was a while ago. He was that was contender series. That's right? crazy. Was, yeah, was that's cool. Series. Yeah. So he was just yeah. Billy Q. That's yeah. Billy Q. <laughs> I might go with that. I'm gonna go with Billy Q from now on. But he beat he beat my boy Spike Carlisle, the Alpha Ginger, who I don't mm. know him at all, but just the Alpha Ginger, like that nickname. I'm like, yeah, this is my guy. And then he beat him, so I kind of got a root for him now, but. The interesting thing with Burgos to me is that he's on a two-fight losing streak, but Josh Emmett and Edson Barbosa, like there's absolutely no shame in losing to those two guys, and they were both fight-of-the-night performances as well. So it's hard for me to get a really hard read on how good or not Shane Burgos is. And obviously, like you guys said, Quarantillo has more momentum coming into this one, a better yeah. a better recent resume, but I feel like Burgos' level of competition has been much higher. So this could be a case where we really see what Burgos can do and he gets that kind of signature surprising win. All in all, like I said, it feels like a fight of the night to me, man. I like I like these guys' game all around, and I, I especially like how willing they are to fight. Like this is – I just don't see how this is going to be a bad fight. Man. Stylistically, neither guy is, is going to give up an inch, you know, or back up. So this this one's just going to be fun all day. Yeah, I – um. 
the thing is, because we had it, it was it was it was for contender series that he was on for, right? Billy Q. Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been watching him since since he you know won the contract and you know he he's been fighting. And I remember mentioning it to Matt during like his one of his fights after he got in, um, that he he seems to be a slow starter. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you look, like he doesn't really turn it up until second round or or the final round. And um, I know Burgos is coming off those two losses, and Matt makes a good point about that that bad KO or that odd KO. Although he said he was fine afterward, but I mean, they, you know, these guys are animals. They all say they're fine afterward. <laughs> sure. <laughs> But um, I um, I feel like having lost two in a row, fighting in you know he's he's from the Bronx, so he's the hometown favorite. I have a feeling that um, I just feel like uh, if if he doesn't if if Burgos doesn't take it to him early, uh, I mean I'm sorry if, if Quarantillo doesn't change that slow starter thing, Burgos might actually come at him really hard and and finish him because he uh, Billy Q's been in trouble in a lot of beginning of his fight. So I'm actually leaning Burgos on this one. Nice. I think that's a fair pick. I mean, Burgos is one of those guys because like, like I said, he's coming off two rough losses. So usually when I see a fighter like that, I try to look at their early resume, like pre UFC resume or early UFC resume. If they've been around for a while. And like, I see guys like Bill Algeo and, and Charles Rosa that Mm -hmm. Burgos has beaten like early early in his career so whenever you beat guys like that early in your career that just tells me like you're ready for that next level like Burgos has been that guy for a long mm-hmm. time it's different whenever a guy kind of for lack of a better term beats cans it's kind of like what we talked about with 247 fighting championships and their pro their pro title holders wanting them to be ready for the next level like there's a difference between 10 and 0 and you beat nobody and six and four, but you fought the best of the best guys. Like I'll take that six and four guy all day. So that's kind of how Burgos feels to me. Like, yeah, he's coming off two rough losses, but man, Josh Emmett's a, a stud, and obviously everybody knows what Edson Barbosa is. So mm-hmm. no shame in that at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, this the next fight obviously is the <laughs> one that I'm going. Excuse my French, but I, I've been going fucking crazy for since they announced it. <laughs> the OG fight. Um, I mean, you guys already know who I'm picking on this. So, uh, I mean, uh, Hunter, I mean, if you want to go first, I mean, we've, we've uh, covered both these men extensively in our time as media. Oh, um, man. Yeah. It's so good. This fight, <laughs> Like you said, at the moment this fight was announced, it was like, hell yeah. Because Michael Chandler, obviously, coming over to the UFC, had all the hype, makes an emphatic knockout. In, in his debut and then follows it up with a crazy title fight. One of the best, you know, short fights of all time, in my opinion. And he's just lightning and, and Justin Gaethje. I could have just been talking about Justin Gaethje <laughs> and you guys wouldn't have known the difference. They're the same guy. You know what I mean? The power, <laughs> the power is just absolutely unreal. Here, here's my only concern with this fight. My only concern is that it's going to be crazy short, that somebody's just going to get oh, clipped yeah. very early and it's going to end way oh, too yeah. soon before we get to see really anything develop. And I don't know which guy that'll be. Could be either guy. You know, making a pick in this fight is just crazy. But I don't see either guy wanting to really implement a game plan. You know what I mean? I don't see yeah. either guy being safe here. <laughs> so yeah. I, it's either going to be one of those just vint, cla- instant classic you know, drag them out brawls or somebody's getting clipped and put out very early. And I'm not sure which it's going to be, but I am watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I just want to see. Do they have the odds up? They have Michael Chandler at plus 155, Ooh. and Gaethje is a favorite. So it's, no, pretty, okay. fair, it's fairly close, but that's how yeah. I'd have the odds, too. Yeah. Um, I just I, I don't know who's reffing. Hopefully, it's not Herb Dean. Can we get that Russian dude who got banned? Oh, at the last God. <laughs> oh Because that, that's really who we need to ref this fight. Uh, um, or Kim but, Winslow. Can we bring her back? Let's, uh, let's bring somebody back who... Uh, it was a little bit of just bleed fan because an early stoppage in this fight will <laughs> might be more of a riot causing thing than mass yeah. at all. And yeah. He has cut yeah. stoppage. Um, I can't pick somebody. If I ever had to pick for the, like, how about a two, two and a half round war that ends in a double KO for the first time. <laughs> nice. Like, I mean, I, I, Michael Chandler is one of my all time favorite fighters. Yeah. If you put a gun to my head, I'm going to pick Justin Gagey though. I just feel like his chin holds up a little bit better. Um, but I think other than that, they're basically a mirror image of each other. And they could have came up through the exact same career paths if they had just swapped, you know, bodies, really. You know, one came up the World Series of Fighting. The other one came up, you know, through Bellator. Uh, both of them were the face of their organizations. Both of them Title created a buzz. Yeah. And, you know, and obviously Gagey came in with a, with a record that was, you know, flawless before he got to the UFC. Chandler's had some ups and downs. Uh you know, a lot more ups than downs, but uh, but people had seen him lose uh, before he he stepped into the octagon. Man, I just hope it lives up to the hype. Very mm-hmm. rarely do they, um, so we'll cross my fingers here and, and just hope that we get you know the the war that Gaethje put on with you know Alvarez and Poirier and do the same kind of you know hopefully Chandler just follows in the footstep of Eddie Alvarez and gives us you know a couple memorable fights and yeah. so far he's done a good job of doing that so i like you said hopefully it's not like a 35 second somebody gets clipped you know <laughs> coming out of the uh you know out of out of the phone booth but uh i, I i'd love to see just a two-round war and somehow both adult it's never happened in ufc history it's happened a couple times in mma but man if there was ever one to have a double actual double ko <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't this be the fight to have that happen yeah amazing yeah, it's gonna be. It's definitely gonna be something that that's gonna have me going nuts wherever I watch this thing. From I, I get goosebumps just looking at this their stats and stuff now. But I gotta say, as uh, having watched both their careers extensively, I mean, and then if if you even if you want to get a little hope, uh, uh, what's what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like talking about bad luck and stuff like that. Good mojo, bad mojo superstitious it, yeah superstitious yeah. with uh with uh these men and their 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 uh history or the aura that that they have when they're in madison square garden uh michael chandler doesn't have a good track record in in the garden mm. um he also doesn't have a good track record with taking leg cakes in the garden very but true if you think about when he lost to uh brent Primus um at the event we covered i think we were both there for that right hunter for yep. yeah absolutely so um uh, that's the thing that's making me and Justin Gaethje is the exact opposite. I mean, he's he's fought in the garden before, and he's won in the garden before. Um, and he not in it. the garden though. He fought in the, in the garden. The Hulu theater, theater. is inside of Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, Patrick but, Ewing didn't shoot, didn't didn't rebound basketballs uh, in, in the Hulu. Theater. It's part of the, it's in the same structure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so. Um, but I mean, and he, and he loves leg kicks, so I, I have a feeling this is uh, going to be. Uh, and then even Eddie Alvarez, who's who's crossed hands with both men, is leaning Justin Gaethje. So I I have to lean Justin Gaethje too. And again, I love Michael Chandler too. I admire him for his workouts. He's the guy that got me to take BCAAs just to survive my own workouts. Nice. So I'm just like, um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm picking uh, Gaethje on this one. And 
this this is I mean not for nothing. This is the main event for me. I, I uh, the other two fights I'm kind of like you know I think I think those go the way they went last time. So I'm mm-hmm. just putting that out there now so you guys can can, nice. can do your picks. Nice. I just wanna I wanna jump back to NYC super fast because as Matt was talking about a double knockout, it was making me think of Matt Mitrione and Fedor and how close that was to oh, being yeah. a double knockout. <laughs> I remember seeing that in person just at like, you know, when you're on cage side as media, you can't yeah. celebrate or show emotion. But when that happened, I just remember, <laughs> I just remember being yeah. like, Oh my God. Like, did any, yeah. like, oh, I was there too. What are the odds? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is like to, to Nolan can tell you, cause he sat right next to me uh, for a Bellator event in Mohegan sun. When, that's when we first met actually. And we talked about you and how he knew you. And so, cause he was there for flow, but nice. I do this thing where I just hold myself like this. When I'm, when I'm kid side, so I don't go fucking nuts, you know, because I've seen people ejected for that. But uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, 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 it's hard. No, that's funny. And it was it was even funnier because like I thought of Fedor and Matt Mitrione and forgot that Chandler was even on that card for a second until you said that. But that's that's a great point, man. Brent Primus with the ultimate game plan. And I it may have happened before that, but I feel like he low key started a movement in MMA with those low calf kicks. Like he was he was there, man. I've been saying that. I've been saying that for a little while now. It's it's, yeah. it's funny how great minds think alike. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's give Brent Primus the, the credit he deserves yeah. for that. The, the godfather of the calf kick. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. May, maybe not the smoothest or catchiest nickname, but it no. works. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I guess back on topic here. We yeah, got, yeah. So yeah. So these 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 ladies are rematching again for the strawweight title. Um, I mean, I already said what I think is going to happen for the next two fights. So Hunter, why don't you uh give your analysis of these uh two young ladies uh trying to wreck each other? Yeah, I I hate to just parrot what you've said, but I I definitely feel the same. And I think the thing that Rose has always struggled with throughout her career is a very physically strong fighter that can either wrestle her or just make it very dirty, grimy kind of fight. She doesn't have that pure physical strength, but she is extremely technical. She'll have an amazing game plan. She'll be extremely focused. She'll have all the intangibles, obviously very slick submissions as well. Mm -hmm. I just don't see Zhang Weili as that fighter that can bully her for lack of a better term. That's who beats Rose a bully. And that's just not her in my eyes. She's she's Zhang is also very technical, very, you know, she strikes extremely well, but we haven't seen a ton. I I at least haven't seen a ton. I haven't been watching every card either, but I haven't seen a ton of her ground game or seen just this heavy wrestling pressure from her that I feel like is what you need to beat Rose. So I just don't see her having the skill set to do it, but, I wouldn't be crazy surprised if she beat Rose. I just definitely expect Rose to take care of business here in the rematch. Yeah, I was at their first fight, Arizona, uh, 263. I thought going into that fight, I thought that uh, Whaley would win uh, just based off of how dominant she had won her first two fights. And then obviously Nami Yunus snuck in that head kick and uh, changed the course of the division. Now after seeing that and, and kind of having a better chance to look at both of them, I, I kind of agree with you there. I think that uh, I, I don't know anything about Whaley's wrestling. I can't think of a single time she's ever hit the mat, to be honest with you. Um, and then on top of that, I think the only way Nama Yudas loses this fight is if she turns it into a phone book or a phone booth fight and actually you know ends up in some kind of weird slugfest, which doesn't really go with anything she's ever done in her career. I would think she, that she uses kind of her speed, her jab, uh, kicks and and basically is able just to kind of circle her way. I don't necessarily see a finish in this fight unless she's able to do uh, 
I don't think it'll be like a one shot thing like she did in her first fight. Right. She could she could accumulate damage and and that could lead to maybe a late stoppage. But I I, I think Nami Yunus probably picks up a fairly easy uh, five round decision here, uh, four rounds to one, something like that, where she's you know maybe Zhang has a you know hits her with something, wins a round, you know does some damage. But for the most part, I don't think she'll be able to hit her enough. I think Nami Yunus will just be uh, able to avoid the big shot. And I don't think she's, I think she's way too smart of a fighter to put herself in a situation where she's going to be. Now with that said, she did hold on to a Kimura as Andrade picked her up over her head. So it's a you mistake, know, what, though, yeah. what happens in fights? Yeah, but it would be, getting <laughs> she, into a she corrects mistakes. Would be a mistake too. That's what I'm saying. I don't expect it to happen, but that's the only way I see Whaley being able to win this fight is if, if somehow it's turned into just a war in the middle of the cage and she's able to land some big hook. Uh, but I'll take Nami Yunus by easy, five-round decision. Yeah, that's how I see it going, too. Nama Yunus doesn't lose rematches so far. As, as far as every rematch she has, she wins. So that's that's why I'm not uh, picking against her. Yep. And come, come on with this one already. Like, like Speaking who, who, of rematch. <laughs> who are we kidding over here? But, Dude, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, I, Hunter. <laughs> I, I'm, with, I'm with you guys on this one, too, man. Kamaru wow. is just the truth. He's the <laughs> truth, man. I mean, I've Obviously, I was I was one of those guys. If you guys remember, like I was big on Tyron Woodley at his peak as well, mm. and and Kamaru is literally an upgraded version of Woodley in his prime in in every way. So, Kamaru, I'm not sure who's going to beat this guy, man, and it, and I don't see how it's going to be Colby. It's going to take somebody like when we, when we talk about who can beat John Jones, and the answer the answer is like, well, obviously Francis can. Like he can do that to anybody. It's going to take somebody like that for me to beat Kamaru. And, you know, Gilbert Burns, I know he's obviously the big-time jiu-jitsu world champion and all that, but his power in his hands has come a long way. And I definitely thought that Gilbert was a guy that would give Kamaru Usman problems, and he did early on. But when Kamaru weathered that and, you know, took got stung and weathered it and came back and just completely turned the tables and put it on Gilbert, that's when I said – the dude is unbeatable. Like you hate to say that in MMA, but that was the one thing that I always needed to see from Kamaru was how will you respond to real adversity and bounce back? And and he did it and he did it so beautifully against a top level guy like Gilbert Burns. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, man, I don't even know who has a chance at this point. Like, like maybe Chimaev, like, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. I I was at their first fight and their first fight really was a great fight. I mean, the first, it, it, it was, pretty even going to the last round there was a point i think in the second round where covington maybe third round where covington actually had usman hurt um and then there was an eye gouge or a suspected eye poke which kind of bought usman some time whether valid or not i don't i, I don't remember if it was real eye poke or not but with that said you know we talk about who could beat him i i think covington we all kind of take a little lightly because of the character that he created uh no matter what side you're on you kind of looked at it and you were like, this isn't really who he is. So it kind of ran its course. I I think if there's somebody out there who can beat him, I think it is Covington. I think he has all the tools to do it. With that said, I'm not going to pick him, but I do, <laughs> but, I, but, but he is, he is 15, no, but he is 15 and two. And one of those losses is to Usman in the fifth round of a fight that was all, you know, even no matter who you hate or like, it was fairly even going into that last round. Sure. Um, so I, I don't, and, and I always talk about it. I always feel like there's that down fight. I mean, very rarely do we see the dudes like Khabib or, you know, those guys who go on these long win streaks. Usually 
there's an off night for somebody, and I would say that Com- Covington would be the wrong guy to have an off night with. I don't think Usman can beat Covington unless Usman's at Usman level. You know, if, if he comes in and he's eighty percent of himself, I don't. I think Covington could beat him, mm-hmm. um, even if it's a close decision, controversial. I really think that Covington has the tools. I don't think they're that far apart skill wise. I think Usman has a, a stronger punch, but. You know, like I said, we we saw the first fight; it was close. A lot of people don't like Covington, but if you look at his resume, man, yeah. I mean, he has he has cleaned house with everybody he's fought. You know, other than the the fluke loss earlier in his career. You know, to <laughs> you know, both of the guys have fluke losses kind of yeah. earlier in their career. Um, so I'm not going to pick him, but I do think we do have a good fight. I I don't know if there's going to be a finish, but I think we could see one where both these guys end up bloodied and beat up, and mm-hmm. uh, another fight that goes down in the in the history books for the 170 division is you know and i don't i don't know if it'll you know i i'd like to see covington win because i like chaos and yeah. if him and him winning creates that chaos of course you do <laughs> and it also p- creates a potential trilogy that has meaning and and when those happen in mma that's always yeah cool, that is you know? cool too that would be cool if, if we can get a trilogy out of it but the only thing i, I would say is um the, um usman like when he rematched like he went to distance with masvidal and then they rematched and he, uh, he, you know, he finished Masvidal. He just seems to be a, I mean, the way he, to, the way his mindset changes when he's when he's in fight mode versus when he's doing media, it's almost like two different people. And totally um, agree. Yeah. yeah, and he's so focused, especially when he, I mean, look at what he had to do to to, to be Gilbert Burns, who who was his old training partner. It's like he has to turn himself in. It's it's almost like uh, I think about over top with the baseball cap flip when. He talks mm-hmm. about the switch in, in that movie. If you've never seen that movie over, over the top, the top yeah. with, with Sylvester Stallone, it's like Usman does that when he walks inside of the octagon. And I feel like that the, the version of that man we have right now, I mean, as, as long as he doesn't catch any kind of cold or sickness coming into New York City with this fucked up weather that we have <laughs> this week, you know what I mean? <laughs> then then I, I, I just see him doing better than he did last time. Um and maybe even getting an earlier finish, but uh, it's it's going to be a war. Um, a really quick hunter. I mean, you, you talked about that upgrade at Woodley. I mean, the, again, great minds. I wrote a whole article on uh, at, over at Sure Dog because they both fought uh, Woodley and, and Usman fought Damian Maya, and and I wrote an article who did it better because of the way they did against Damian Maya, mm. and and it, that was kind of the gist of the article. So it's it's. Uh, it's crazy that you said that because it, I mean I, I I have to go looking for the link now. It's it's I don't even remember when they fought, but um yeah that's awesome. It's yeah. uh it's definitely something to look forward to. But um, uh, Hunter, before we let you go, man, I mean if you if there's anything else you want to plug your chicken tendies or your yeah your whatever, no, but by all means <laughs> there there's something that as we were talking, I definitely want to plug because you guys have to go to Colby Covington's Wikipedia page right now. And see what <laughs> you have to see what Wikipedia has his nickname listed as because when when Matt said I'm a fan of chaos and I knew you meant like general chaos, I was like, hey, that's Colby's nickname. Well, that's, that's his funny. nickname, yeah. yeah. So I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but I wanted to just verify that, that I wasn't wrong that that was his nickname. And uh, Wiki Wiki does disagree. <laughs> I'm gonna. Can I blow? I don't think I can blow it up. Yeah. It says raccoon penetrator. <laughs> Colby rac- <laughs> raccoon penetrator Covington. So I mean, it's got a ring to it. I I want to hear Bruce Buffer say that. 
you know that that's the thing about Wikipedia and and anyone being able to edit it at any time. That's so good. <laughs> Raccoon penetrator. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Sty- style pillow fighting. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Somebody's having fun. Three foot ten, four hundred and thirty-seven pounds. Okay. All right, guys. Wow. Yeah, wow. And you know the sad part is that there's actually going to be people that looking this up and actually think that. That, that's all accurate yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. dude Amazing. see i like like i'm glad you said it though matt because i genuinely do respect colby immensely as a fighter i think he doesn't get his due either because of the character like people oh. just dismiss it but yeah this, <laughs> it's just a bad fight like in in a lot of other generations colby would be the champ but kamaru's just that dude to me yeah. No, I, I, I don't disagree, but I just I think if there's anybody that, you know, in the division, there's there's nobody else that can hang with him. I think this is the only guy that can legitimately go five rounds and it be a competitive fight and not be a total, you know, whitewashing, you know. Yeah, for, for sure. So. For sure. Do you have any uh, Twitter handles or any links to your site or anything you want to throw out there? For sure, man. So my website is still homestech.com. It's just H-O-M-I-S-T-E-K.com. My social's all on there. It's Hunter A. Homestech. I'm at Hunter A. Homestech pretty much everywhere. Um, 247 Fighting Championships is definitely the the huge thing I would want to plug. You know, like we talked about earlier, regional MMA, it's where it all begins for these guys. Like we have had guys fight for us that went to the UFC, went to Bellator. We have some fighters currently fighting for us that we feel are the next step next guys to make it there that we're very excited about so not even you know if you're in pittsburgh or even near pittsburgh i obviously urge you december 4th to come to our show and we'll have a great time i'd love to say what's up and you know watch some awesome fights but wherever you are like find your regional promotions and go support them man it's it's the most cliche thing ever like hashtag support local mma i know Mm -hmm. how that sounds I know I sound like this guy, this vegan guy promoting his local coffee <laughs> shop and everything, but it's it's the truth. Like I see how this happens and I see how these fighters need that support. They need Man. that atmosphere. They need this to make it to the next level. Like you don't have a card like UFC 268 without a lot of good regional promotions building these guys up first. So there truly yeah. is a value to it, man. So wherever you are, you know, if you're in Pittsburgh, obviously I want to say what's up and see you at 247. But wherever you are, man, just find your local MMA promotion and, and support it. Yeah. And your link tree, of, again, it will be in the description of the of the video version of the podcast and, and uh, on the uh, audio as well. Awesome. Thank you, dude. Check us out at allaccessmma.com for our video podcast and any of your MMA inquiries. You can follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the show at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbizal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, and Old Head Carb on Twitch. Thank you for your time, Hunter. Always a pleasure having you on. Best of luck. Hopefully one of these times I can get out to the East Coast and uh, get a Primanti sandwich and uh, check out some of your, your fighting league. Absolutely, man. I would love nothing more, dude, for real. And that goes for both of you guys. If you ever get back near the region, let's do it up. Let's get some beers, get some food. I'm not taking you to a Steelers game, though, Matt. I'm not going to hear you just <laughs> I, 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 I watched them beat the Chargers 11 to 10 for the only 11 to 10 game in the history of the NFL. So I've had I've had my uh, so you're uh, good enough. now. All right. Yeah, I've got my terrible towel somewhere around here. And if you want to throw some fighters our way to get to give some two two four seven fights uh, some exposure, you know, doors always open. Awesome, man. Well, awesome. we definitely appreciate that. We're going to have some guys for you short shortly. I guarantee that. Cool. 
Sounds great. Right. Have a good Please. night, guys. Thanks, guys. You too. It was awesome. Hey, guys. Ed here. East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And in some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.